to it one night. I was crying. Next morning, I woke up and I was like, I can't do this. I can't live like this. I'm done. I'm either going to get out of this or die trying. And I and I staggered over to my desk times and I just like grabbed a pen and just wrote down like this fierce vow. But the vow was not that I'm going to get out of this. Vow came from nowhere. I was like, I'm going to love myself. Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas in personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. Today, we're going to be talking about an idea that's incredibly powerful. Sounds simple, but the people I know who have practiced this in their lives have had phenomenal transformation. It's called loving yourself. Now, the person I'm going to be bringing you today, his name is Kamal Ravikant, and he, this is how he describes himself on his bio. I've tracked to one of the highest base camps in the Himalayas, meditated with Tibetan monks in the Dalai Lama's monastery, spent three months in the swamps of Georgia, earning my U.S. Army infantry patched, walked 550 miles across Spain, lived in Paris, bungee jumped out of a perfectly good hot air balloon. I've hung with some of my favorite authors and been the only non-black, non-woman member of the Black Women's Writers Group. I've written a novel about love, forgiveness, and facing our fears. I've danced a meringue on a hot night in the Caribbean, kite-surfed badly, sailed off to the west coast of France, watched double rainbows, a shooting star, sunrises and sunsets in various parts of the world. I've driven like a maniac on Highway 1, won a San Francisco-wide modeling contest, gotten drunk on the same bar stool as Hemingway, watched Ben Kingsley eat a sandwich in his boxes, felt the smooth marble of the Taj Mahal against my bare feet, held the hands of a dying patient, sang in the shower badly, made love to some beautiful and amazing woman, not too badly, co-founded a company with the guy who wrote the first browser and been fortunate enough to work with some of the smartest investors and engineers in Silicon Valley. Starting blocks are behind me. Watch out, world. Kamal is an investor and a startup entrepreneur in Silicon Valley. He's been an amazingly successful man, but he's not talking about the work he's done in the Valley. What he's talking about is the profound shift he went through in his life from being miserable and sick and ill to being well and being in a state where it almost seemed as if synchronicity kept happening to him. And it was all because of a series of exercises. You guys know these as systems that he brought into his life. Now, what I love about Kamal is he's a prolific experiment. And when he was going through this rough patch, he started experimenting with different ways, different aspects of meditation, mindfulness, affirmation to bring him out. He's going to share with you three specific systems that had the most amazing impact on his life. Kamal is also the author of a beautiful little book called Love Yourself Like Your Life dependent on it. And he released this book on Amazon, self-published, and it took off like crazy. It was voted by at least one personal growth blog as one of the top 25 must-read books for anyone in their 20s. So get ready. Here's Kamal. Let's get started. Hi, Kamal. How are you? I'm great. So I'm going to tell everyone how we met. Kamal spoke at Awesomeness Fest, and his speech was a runaway success. He spoke on the first day. People loved what he spoke about. He's going to be sharing his story with you, but I want to tell you what what his ideas did for me. So Kamal's topic at Awesomeness Fest was on loving yourself and genuinely appreciating yourself for who you are. It's amazing how many of us forget this. And Kamal's book, it's a beautiful book that is something that you can read in about an hour to two hours. It took me about maybe... 90 minutes because I, I kept pausing every now and then because it was that profound. But it's a short book, but it carries such a powerful message. 
The book is called Love Yourself Like Your Life Depended on It. It's a beautiful book. And it was recently on one popular website voted as one of the top 25 must-read personal growth books for people in their 20s. That's how profound this book is. And at our office here in Mind Valley, people have been circulating the book. In fact, right now you cannot get a copy because someone has borrowed <laughs> every every copy out there. But Kamal, before I let you um, start, uh -huh. right, I, I want to share with, with my, my uh, group here what your book did for me. So it's amazing how so many of us who are successful, think we're confident, really have self-love issues. And I, I want to share something really personal, but about, about a month ago, I was just feeling lousy. I felt that my life had just become me going to the office, getting work done, checking my calendar, checking my schedule. And I felt almost like a lack of connection with many of the people I worked with. I felt, and it, it was crazy because I'm the CEO of a big company with over a hundred people, but I felt unnoticed. I felt unvalidated. I felt unappreciated. I, I would feel really nice if someone would just compliment me on the shirt I was wearing or tell me, hey, you know, we really love that the way you ran that meeting. Or, hey, that's an awesome idea. And it's, it's crazy to think, right, that a CEO like me, I'm supposed to be the guy at the top of that pyramid, was feeling insecure that no one complimented me or, you know, said a kind word to me on a particular day. And I realized that I really had some major self-love issues. Now, as it happened, I stumbled upon Kamal's book. It was on the desk of, of um, um, someone in my office. And I asked her, are you reading this? And she goes, yeah, I was going to take it back over the weekend. And I go, hey, look, it's a short book. Can I just borrow it for tonight? Now, I had this gut feeling that I had to read that book. So I went home, stayed up till 1 a.m. reading the book, and it shifted me in, in a profound way. I did the exercises in that book, exercises that Kamal is going to share with you. It brought tears to my eyes, and it made me realize weaknesses I had that I, I kind of needed to get rid of. And one of the big things was that I needed to truly appreciate and love myself enough so I did not have to seek outside validation. Now, I read the book, I did the exercises, and what was really profound, Kamal, is how rapidly it impacted me. It was about four days later. So I read the book on a Thursday. Monday, I was back in the office and things had already shifted. I didn't feel down or unnoticed when my work was just meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting, and I didn't really get a chance to connect anyone. I didn't. I I, I had enough self love, enough support for myself that I almost felt like I could survive on my own, and it was okay that I didn't have anyone come and compliment me or spend time with me that day. I felt that I could pull it out of myself. Now, something else really funny happened as I started doing your exercise, especially the mirror exercise, which all of you listening are going to learn. I started experiencing a feeling of having my soul next to me. It was this weird feeling where I felt like there were two of me. There was the conscious vision. Then there was a soul vision next to me. And whenever I would feel a slight doubt or some odd insecurity would come back, that soul aspect of me would just kick in and go, hey, dude, chill out. I'm here. And it kind of shifted how I operated. Now, it's now been one month. I can say that, that the effects have, have carried me through. And what was really funny is that within about a week of reading your book, people actually came up to me. Two people came up to me and said, hey, Vision, something's different about you. And I go, yeah, I'm kind of really connected to my soul right now. And then I recommended, <laughs> I recommended the book to them. 
So um, Kamal, I, I'd love for you to share your story and to share these exercises that have set up such a profound impact on me. Sure. Wow. First of all, I'm really touched, man. Thank you. Thank you. It's it's interesting. I was never. I'm in such a different place in my life. Uh, just in the last couple of years, ever since I um, wrote the book, but actually, what I came up with that that the book is about. I was never like the love yourself guy. I didn't even believe in the concept of love. I always said, "Oh, it's a hormonal thing. It's just like you know, you can fake yourself." And I, I was always like, you know, very driven. All of us in the valley, we just it's all uh, it's all ego, right? It's all like, you know, you could sell for a company for a lot of money, but someone next to you sold it for a billion, and you feel like nothing, right? It's it's just you're always comparing yourself to your peers, and your peers are insanely smart and very very successful. And then when my last company that I was building um, it fell apart. You know, dirty little secret being 90-something percent of businesses do fall apart. And But my ego was so attached to it that I fell apart with it. And I got really, really sick. I've been working myself insanely, as you know how it goes when you're building something, you know, for like almost four years. And like my company fell apart. All my money was in it. That fell I lost everything. My relationships fell apart. I got really sick. And the doctors were like throwing some pretty scary diagnosis at me. And they were testing me to figure out what was going on. And in the meantime, I'm in this bedroom. That I'm, that I'm talking from, like shades pulled over there, just miserable, just miserable out of my mind. It was like, and I remember one night I was crying. Um, a friend of mine also just recently died, someone I really loved, just suddenly. And um, I was just crying. And I went to bed, I went to bed just miserable and crying. And uh, next morning I woke up and I was like, I can't do this. I can't live like this. I'm done. Like, I'm either going to get out of this or die trying. And I and I staggered over to my desk here, this this actual desk. And I, I don't have a journal lying here. Otherwise, I pull it up and show you. I have a journal where I used to keep notes to myself sometimes. And I just like grabbed a pen and just wrote down like this fierce vow. But the vow was not that I'm going to get out of this. Vow came from nowhere. It was like I'm going to love myself. And I was like I'm going to love myself, not just love myself. I'm going to love myself. Every action, every thought, everything I do when I'm conscious to the like every extent that I can. The vow was more poetic than what I'm saying now. Uh, I'm going to love myself. And I like literally just like, I think there's marks on this desk from how hard I wrote it. And I sat back and I was like, what was that? And then the thing is, I'm a big believer in commitment. I'm a big believer, like once you, you know, anything great in life is done with commitment. And uh, so I'd made a vow to myself, which is the ultimate commitment. You cannot break a vow to yourself. Um, and so here I was, I had nothing to do. So I set out to like figure out how to, um, how to fulfill this vow to myself. And I just try things and I, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to learn, learn to love myself. And I just try things. The things that I noticed shifted things inside me, I went deeper in. Things that didn't work, I just threw them out. I was trying everything, just locked in my bedroom, just trying things. And out of that, a couple of things I noticed were just shifting my mental energy, just how I was feeling. So I started going deeper. And so it ended up being like three or four very key things. And then I just did those nonstop. And like, I started getting better. You know, my body started getting better. And we all know the stories of Norman Cousins and so forth where like, you know, your mind actually does affect your physical body. But what happened was my life got better. Like things that were outside, me locked in my bedroom and things all of a sudden started coming at me. I had done nothing except sit in my bedroom, just figure out how to love myself, just working on loving myself. And that was like, oh shit, there's something here. Like there's something here that I can't quantify, but I like it and I'm going to go with it. And so within a month, my life had completely changed. Now, it's, it's puppy dogs and rainbows a lot of times, but life still happens, right? But it's like who you become, that, that you actually rise through situations. And so I wrote this little book uh, 
I, and I was like terrified to put it out. And I, you know, I, I, I've said this before, people, I don't think most people realize just how scared I was to put it out. Silicon Valley, you don't put out a book about loving yourself. <laughs> you, know, you just don't talk about that. You know, like I was terrified. I really thought I was going to be written out of here on a donkey, you know, like backwards on a donkey. <laughs> like really, like when that book came, I was so scared. But I put it out because it, I was sharing what was working from their friends and it was changing their lives, right? And they were pushing me. And which, by the way, is the beauty of sharing your, you know, what works for you. Like people come around and they, they actually force you to step up in a certain way. So they pushed me to write this book. So I worked really, really hard on this book. It's a short book, but I cut out most of it, right? Until I got to the very essence of what I, what I was trying to get across so that anyone, like if I was really sick, I could pick this up and read it and apply it. There's no theory, no nothing. It's just my experience. This is what I did. This is how it works. And maybe a little bit why I think so, uh, why, and that's and that's it. and that's what I love about that's what I love about how you wrote your book because I mean you're you're a Silicon Valley guy you if you're 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 kind of a rock star entrepreneur in the valley, and you tested out all these techniques right <laughs> yeah. and you and in the book you just shared the four techniques that work best for you that's what yeah. you're sharing today yeah well as, um, as many so as we can cover. Yeah, the main one actually was, first of all, I didn't know how to go about setting love my, how to love myself. It's just something most of us, I think, once we're not kid, no longer kids, we don't know anymore. So I just started thinking to myself, just telling myself, I love myself, I love myself. Kamal, Kamal just, just before you go to the technique, let me yeah. ask you this. Why is it, do you think, that so many incredibly successful men, okay, I'm not talking about women here. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about men because men are supposed to be more... Um, more insulated from from emotion why is it that so many men the men you work with in silicon valley who resonated with this book you yeah. me why is it that so many of us have this issue of not f fully being grateful or not fully loving ourselves i think one of the reasons we end up doing what we do and having the success we do initially at least is because it comes from insecurity we try to prove ourselves you know like at least it was for me i was trying to prove myself you know, uh, to whatever that is. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it comes from an inner need, like that drives us to show to the world, our parents, our family, whatever, that, hey, I am something. I look, I made this much money. I sold this for that or whatever, right? I think it comes from that. But the irony is, you know, as as men, we actually far softer than we actually let on. Like inside, we're we're gushy beings. And uh, but the irony being, when we get in touch with that, um, we're still very. We can come from a masculine place, but actually, there's less struggle. That's what I've noticed in my life. Like ever since I've done this, things just work. And like it's, I don't have to work. I don't have to struggle at it. That was one of the biggest things I learned. It's like before I was always struggling and pushing and, you know, putting that boulder up the hill, putting that boulder up the hill. I don't anymore. It just kind of walk alongside it. It just goes up. Um, <laughs> right. That's, that's, that's very, 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 very interesting. I think one of the things, uh, at least for me, was given how analytic my, analytical my background is, I actually tested everything on me. I wasn't willing to just go along with what I – I didn't read anything. I just locked myself and tried stuff, right? So the first practice, right? The first practice was like the simplest thing I could come up with because it's like I was like, okay, I'm going to start off as an idiot, as a blank slate. What is? How am I going to love myself? I don't know. Like I'm just going to tell myself I love myself. I started walking around, or when I was brushing my teeth in the shower, whatever, 
just started telling myself, I love myself. I love myself. Because, you know, the, I've studied enough neuroscience to know, like, the way the you know, neuroplasticity, mm-hmm. our mind just goes down certain pathways. And I don't know why, but more often than not, they're negative pathways. They're pathways that actually don't serve us. So I was like, let me just pick the very simplest thing and start putting that pathway down. And then making myself feel it, making myself breathe it in. I just kept on doing it. I noticed a shift to the point after, like, a couple of weeks, my mind was running that pattern on its own. And I was like, wow, like you wake up and you're thinking, oh, I love myself. Like how often does that happen? But the key there is actually feeling, what I learned later was feeling emotion when I'm doing it. You know, emotion, we can just make ourselves feel anything. And I do that a lot actually when I drink my coffee. It's like my little hack, you know, when I'm I drinking that, coffee. I do that when I'm drinking red wine. <laughs> red wine. I, do, yeah. I do so many of these interviews with red wine. When I drink it, I'm always like making, just running that loop, just feeling that I love myself. Actually feeling it in, feeling it in. And that's all it is. Um, it's... We're almost like creating the sense of being around us that that's purely us. It has nothing to do with anybody else. So life outside, you know, life outside is just details, right? Um, those are going to shift, but this thing stays solid, which is the most important thing. And the irony is when this thing is solid, life is pretty nice. Um, so that was the first practice. It was the very simple one. You know, I talk about the book a little bit more detail, but this is what it comes down to, just making making myself have that mental loop of loving myself, loving myself. And and it's very important I learned, but I did research later, why I, I was lucky. I didn't choose like I like myself or enjoy myself or appreciate myself because love is such a fundamental human basic quality. I really think love is the God particle. It's that missing thing in, in physics that that there's something special about it. We just wired for it. And I lucked out on choosing that one. Um, so that's the first practice, just the, the emotional mental loop. The second one was meditation. So, so come on, mm-hmm. just, just, just to make sure we understand. So it's just a practice of repeating a mantra. I love myself with emotion. Yeah, yeah it's funny. Like someone told me later when I was talking about the practice, like, oh, you have a mantra. I didn't realize that. Well, oh, yeah, my ancestors came up with this stuff. You know, <laughs> mantra, yeah, of course. It's, it's really, that's all it is. But it's, you know, if, when I'm home, loudly sometimes to myself, or, but most of the time it's just in my head. And so the second practice, and this one was very important because, Someone gave me this great advice once, which he said, you know, life is from the inside out. And fundamentally, we have to go be quiet and make ourselves accept, you know, something bigger than ourselves, whatever, however we define that. And that's where the meditation came from. But I'm also, I'm a Silicon Valley guy. I'm very impatient and very late. I'm also impatient and also very lazy at the same time. So I always try to find hacks. You know, I've always had problems meditating because, you know, you should meditate for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I can't do it. So I was reading a lot about neuroscience and I was reading about NLP and anchoring before. And so what I did was I just took one song that, that I happened to really have a lot of positive associations. So it was a beautiful, simple flute and piano song. And I just put, I would put my headphones in and I would just meditate. And when I would meditate, I would feel like this, because I was sick at the time, I would imagine this white light coming in through my head and just going all through my body. And then I would just feel I love myself with my in-breath. And then out-breath was just whatever came out. And, you know, my mind would wander and so forth. And then just when I remember it, then come back to it. But the thing with the music was I noticed after a week or two, whenever I put the headphones on, I would just go in that meditative state. So, like, that's where the anchoring, that was my hack. Right. For like, you know, basically meditating for lazy people or meditating for busy people. Uh, so I found that rather than meditating for 20 minutes to get into meditative state, because I was doing the same piece of music that I really just felt really good about, I would go into it right away. And then when the song ended, my meditation was over. So I did that every day. And that was really important. I noticed meditation isn't something that you, you do in a moment. You're like, yes, I shifted everything. 
but you notice that shift, that subtle, subtle, subtle door just opening, opening, opening just over days and over weeks. And you're like, this is the most important thing I can do for myself in my day is meditation. Come on. Um, what was that? What was that song that you listened to? Um, I've changed it over time, actually. Uh, the one at that time was some instrumental called Oneness Blessing. Um, I, I can find I can find a set of two, but I'm actually um, like. But it's but but we can choose any type of music, right? And we can change the music almost every day. Or are you locking in a particular music? I'm locking in. I wouldn't change the the key so that when the music comes on, your mind just goes, right. oh, you know, it's Pavlovian, right? right. Mind just goes into that Pavlovian. state. Uh, the only the most important thing, at least for me, was I felt really good about that music. I I had only positive associations. Even negative associations, the subconscious is strong, right. you know. And I would say, don't listen to anything with voices, no singing, you know, because you don't want to put someone else's words in you. Let it, your own thing come. Um, but otherwise, music doesn't matter. Then I change it to, I think, Beethoven and Bach and Mozart, you know, whatever. Just so it could be, could be classical, could be um, um, something that you find on Ombana, could be a binaural Yeah, movie. you guys are perfect music. I wouldn't recommend like Ozzy or whatever, you know. Like right. that. <laughs> now, there was, in, in your book, you mentioned that as you were listening to these songs, you uh -huh. would, and I'm, and I'm quoting you from your book, you said Please you would repeat it. to yourself, I love myself, mm -hmm. and then exhale and listen to whatever judgment came. Could you explain that part? Actually, it wasn't even listening. I would just let it out. Let it out. Okay. Judgment, is, I don't know why, is a very natural thing for us. At least, you know, until like we learn to actually just nourish ourselves from the inside out. And so stuff would come or negative thoughts would come or whatever, and I would just breathe them out. And then back to loving myself. You know, it's... No attachment to them. So you would say, so, so this is how I did it. I want to make sure I'm doing it right. Mm -hmm. So you'd have the music playing. You'd sit in your meditative posture. Your eyes, of course, would be closed. You'd just repeat, I love myself. Feeling the emotion you said is important. Mm -hmm. And then you would exhale. Then you would just pay attention to whatever thought came to your mind. And that's it? Um, yeah, that's it. It's that simple. In fact, uh, sometimes I don't even pay attention to the thought. The only thought I really pay attention to is loving myself. The rest, whatever's coming out does not matter. You know, and sometimes I find it's coming out that I love myself. Great. Yeah. I mean, it's really simple, but like I really tested the heck out of it on myself. This was and the I, exercise that many of us in the office love doing. Yeah. Well, that's, I'm so happy to hear that. You know, I get e so many emails every day from people who read the books and um, I tell them this one, do not, do not skimp it. For some reason, people have the like who are not used to meditation, very Western. This is the one they don't do. And I tell them this is the most important one to do because it gets you silent and focus in a way like the third one, which actually even more because makes makes you face yourself, which is the, like the one we've been talking about, the mirror one. Before, and, wait, just before mm -hmm. we go to the mirror one, because yeah. I, I, I love systems. I love stuff that we can directly put in our life, right? And I love the systems you teach because you've tried so many different things and these were the things that work best. I just want to share a tip that several of, of us at the Mind Valley office did with your with, with your first idea. Yeah, I love to hear I love myself mantra. So what they did was they took their iPhone or you can use an Android device and there are many apps that send you a daily reminder. You basically just set your phone to remind you four or five times a day to have a little pop-up come on the phone that says, remember to love yourself or have you loved yourself today? Just a simple message like that. And whenever you see that, you just smile and you repeat that mantra. So a couple of us in the office tried that on our phones and apparently it worked really well. No, that's great. I actually, like in my second book, I talk about how I was like playing more with this. Like a year ago, I went to stay in a monastery in Big Sur for a, for a week. And 
there, like it was, it was winter and it was raining a lot. It was over New Year's time. And I'd be standing there with the co- with my coffee in the mornings and watching the rain. It was beautiful. And I just started like anchoring myself to, to basically every time I drank coffee, I would make myself feel I love myself. Now I'm addicted to coffee. <laughs> you know, but, now, but in a way, I'm addicted to loving myself. You know, it's whichever, whatever works for anyone, right? Just what, it's the timers or something you do regularly every day. Like I drink coffee in the morning, every morning. So I just stand and look out my windows at beautiful views of San Francisco. And I just, every time I sip, I'm feeling myself. I love myself. It becomes a natural thing. Like, you know, basically you, you create an in- instinctual habit, right? And get it out of your mind. I think one of the biggest things, I think one of the reasons why, uh, why my book does so well is because we've all been told to love ourselves, right? We all know that fundamentally we need to do it. But no, and there's all, I'm, I've looked lately and you know, people send me books and they're big, thick books about all sorts of platitudes about it, but not an actual practice. And what I realized was the most important thing is anything in life requires consistent commitment, consistent day in, day out commitment and, pra- and action, right? And that's all I did. I took how I operate in the, in the other world and I applied it to this. Like every day, I'm going to take action to love myself until it becomes a habit, an instinctual habit. Then it comes from inside. That's all it is, you know. So it's like for me, loving myself, doing my practice is I is as same as brushing my teeth. I just do it and I feel it, right? I think that was one of the keys, right? Right. You've you've basically made it a daily practice, just like brushing your teeth. Yeah. Oh, or, or go to the gym. If you go to the gym once a month, you're not gonna get in shape. If you do this once a month, it's not gonna work for you. Do it every day, or you know. And that's and cool. speaking of brushing your teeth, it's the it's the technique that you were just about to talk about. The technique with the mirror. <laughs> That I started doing yeah. just as I'm brushing my teeth, and that was one of my favorite techniques. And though it is, it is kind of bizarre. I'd love for you to share that. Yeah, this one, man, I was miserable. I was, I think, I have come up, may have come up with about brushing my teeth too. This is like when I was really sick, and they gave me some antibiotics. And what it did was it created. It, oh, I'll, I've never told this to anyone before. It, it caused a severe skin reaction in my face. So here I'm, locked in, right, in my bedroom, sick. And I wake up one morning and I have these jarred marks on my face, right? And so I just had an allergic reaction to antibiotics, right? And so now here, it's like, just we thought it couldn't get any better or worse. Well, now stuff affecting your ego, you know, goes in. And so now I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, like, what's next? And I'm like, no, I can't do this. Like, you cannot get in that, cannot feel that. I made a vow to myself to love myself. So I started looking, what I did was, and this evolved. Uh, to the point where it's very clear in the book. But basically, I would I was looking at myself in the mirror, feeling awful, and I was like, no, I can't feel this. So I just started looking at myself in the eye to the real me. You know, like the windows to the soul. I cannot escape from myself if I look myself in the eye. And I think I did the... Um, the right eye, just this one. No, the left eye and the mirror is the other one just because mm-hmm. it's the left brain, you know, go for the more creative part. And I just started telling myself, I love myself. I love myself. Looking in my eye... I could not escape. So I was away from how I was feeling about myself, looking at the marks on my face and feeling awful to just my eye, the fundamental, this, this, this creature, this soul, as you, were, as you used, that I am. And that took that away. And I noticed after a while, something inside me started to shift where like I wasn't even looking at like, you know, the, the marks went away eventually, but I wasn't even looking at them anymore. I was just looking at myself in the eyes to the real me, you know, where the real confidence comes from, you know, not from like just looking at our appearances, but like, there's something about the eyes that's that's and so I just do this for short periods and you know um, looking in the mirror maybe before bed or maybe in the morning or whatever um, and honestly I'll be very honest with you I'm lazy and sometimes I skip these things and you know my life shows 
<laughs> just you know so, it, but this is the practice i got to do to have my life zing i'm more than happy to so so just to recap you're looking uh -huh. in the mirror you pick one eye you stare at that one eye and you and, repeat that same phrase yeah. i love myself i love myself and you know in the beginning it was like here's the keys you you don't have to believe it. I did not believe it. At that time, I think I was hating myself, in all honesty. I was really miserable, fed up with my, I was just fed up with everything, with myself, with life, you name it, right? But it's like making myself do it, making myself do it. It's like, you know, if you're out of shape and go to the gym, it's painful. Stuff comes up. And you know, I get emails all the time from people like, well, it's working great, but all these things are coming. I'm like, yeah, you're unloosening the gunk. You know, it's going to float up and that's part of the process and it'll float, float away. Um, the mirror thing, I only do for five minutes. I set a timer on my iPhone. I don't do it longer than that. It's just very focused. And and there'll be times if I'm just looking myself in the eye, I might just be quiet like three out of those four minutes. But the key is like looking in who you are. You can, you know, I realized something. After a while, the way you start looking yourself in the eye, it's like we've all been in love. Right. And like how we look at someone when we love them, like you have, you have a family, you know, you have a wife, you have children, mm -hmm. how you look at them. This is the way you're looking at yourself the same way, like the way they what you, the gift you give someone when you love them, you're giving yourself that same gift, that same look. There's something really special about that. You know what's beautiful about that? I remember reading in a book, I think it was one of the conversations with God books by Neil Donald Walsh. And he says, you know why it's so hard to look a person in the eye? I mean, not glance at them in the eye, but genuinely look at them in the eye for a minute. It's because the eyes are the doorways to the soul. And when you're staring at someone in the eye, you cannot help recognize that they are not just a human being. They are a soul. And it makes you remember that you're a soul. And it makes you realize that both of you are in some ways connected. So the author said, whom I think was Neil Donald Walsh, said that looking at someone in the eye makes you uncomfortable because it brings out love. But we have been trained to be uncomfortable about love. And I'm not just yeah. talking about with a, a, a spouse or a kid, but just uncomfortable about love in, gen in general. And that's why when we look at someone in the eye, after a few seconds, we need to glance away. But it's not normal and sometimes even considered impolite to just stare at someone in the eye. So when you're doing that exercise, staring at your own eye in a mirror, yeah. you're kind of putting yourself in that state. You're forcing yourself to see yourself as a soul and to feel that love for yourself. Yeah, you're connecting with yourself in a deep, like primal, visceral, and spiritual, you know, if I can use the word spiritual way. Uh, you can't escape from yourself when you're looking at yourself in the eye for five minutes. You right. just can't, you know, like otherwise the mind is great at escaping. Um, and those were like the three fundamental things that I did every day. There's like, there's more that I did, but like it came down to basically those three as a practice, like, you know, going to the gym every day or like having a workout. Um, and then, you know, we were talking about this earlier, the, the thing about darkness and light. Um, one of the best things I ever, someone told me that changed my life was that he said, you know, darkness is the absence of light. It is nothing else. So he said dark. So when I, I took that metaphor and ran with it and darkness being any negative thought, anything that doesn't serve me. Right. So when I, when you notice it, okay, that's darkness. Now, normally what we try to do is we try to push it away. We try to force it away. We try to drown it, whatever, but it just stays in and it comes on other ways versus realize this is darkness. My only job is not to make the darkness go away, but to let the light in. I cannot, I, I don't force anything. It just like, it's like you're in a room, like with a, and I think I came up with that because I'm, I have this giant right. bedroom window right here. You can see the light coming in. And it's like, if this gets dirty, right, then it's going to, the room's going to be dark. My only job is to pull out a rag and start cleaning the window. The light does its own work. I don't do any work for the light. I don't do anything about the darkness. I just clean the window. 
And the window is the mind, the window is the heart, right? And so what this practice for me was, I was just cleaning my window. That's it. That's it's really it. that simple. That's a, that's a beautiful metaphor, Kamal. Yeah, it was Which, actually a gift given to me by someone. You know, it's amazing that people meet in our lives and the things that say to us one thing. And I think the key is, you know, we read all these books, we, we listen to all these things, but it's like sometimes it just something grabs you. Like I'm a big believer in just make it your own, just go with it all in, right? And that's all it takes. That's where all transformation comes from, right? The commitment and just going all in. And that's what great things and in, in in are built, you know? And like, I'll give you a very concrete example. Um, so this book, right? I was terrified to put it out. Um, I hid after I put it out. I self-published on Amazon. And then I just, all right, done, you know, to my friends. And now please leave me alone. And other people started writing about it. And it, it kind of like, it just took off. And within five weeks, I remember waking up one morning, checking my Amazon stats. And it was a number one self-help book on Amazon. Wow. Five weeks, right? It was like books, self-help, come on. I was like, what the, like, that's what I mean. That's what I'm talking about when I tell people that it's not struggle. When you're doing, you know, I put it out because fundamentally I, I was really, really scared. I even talked about in the book about how scared I was. Right. And, and, but when you do, but I did it because I asked myself, if I, uh, if I love myself, would I do this? I, not even like, do you love yourself? If I loved myself. And the answer was yes, I would share this. This is my fundamental truth. This is something that saved me, and I know it can save others. So I did. And I mean, the book is like a, I mean, I, Amazon, and I had a meeting with Amazon a couple of weeks ago at Seattle. Like, I'm one of their self published success, you know, with that book. Wow. Like, I think a year and a half, like the, the numbers now, it's sold over 70,000 copies. Wow. It's insane. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens. If someone wants a concrete example of what happens when you do this, and I did nothing. All I did was focus and write it with love. That's it. That's beautiful. And, and the world is so grateful. 70,000 people who bought that book are so grateful. Oh, I'm grateful, man. It's changed my life. It's totally changed my life. Uh, the practice changed my life, but then putting out the book and sharing my truth, you know, um, it's completely changed my life. It's completely changed how I do business, whatever I do. It's transformed everything. And, you know, um, I still fall sometimes. You know, I'm human. Life still happens, right? But it's like, one of the things is how fast you bounce back. You never hit a bottom anymore. Um, and also just the lessons you learn. You learn lessons quicker. I think I used to learn take a long time to learn lessons and maybe repeat the same mistakes again and again. You know, I don't think I do that anymore. Uh, this really helps me with that. And you know what I like about what you teach in the book? It's, it's how easy it is to apply. So the repeating of the mantra, I love myself, that doesn't even take people any time. You can basically just set an iPhone timer to remind you of that thought. And then looking at yourself in the mirror, I do that when I'm brushing my teeth right now. And, I, and, and um, um, it has an amazing impact on you. Um, you start seeing yourself as being beyond human in a beautiful way, in a soulful way. And finally, the meditation. Well, I incorporated that with my regular meditation. And I'm going to share that, share people um, how I did that in a moment. But just that little, that little mantra, I love myself, I love myself as you're meditating beautiful, profound uh, impact. And any of you, uh, the people who are listening, almost all of you probably meditate at this point. It's super easy <laughs> to add in. So I want to share how mm -hmm. I've incorporated this into my meditation because a lot of the people listening here do the six-phase meditation, which is part of the envisioning method, which is the meditation style that I developed. And it's the meditation style that everyone at Awesomeness Fest learns to do. So in the six-phase meditation, we teach you the concept of gratitude. That comes in phase two, right? So we teach a simple technique where people think about five things in their personal life they're grateful for. 
So it could be could be a cup of coffee, could be great weather, could be a wonderful song playing on the radio, could be a hug you got from someone you love. Then they think about five things in the last 24 hours that they're grateful for in their career. So it could be um, the fact that you got through 50 emails in record time or the fact that that um, you made X amount of sales that day or the fact that cash flow came in. So five things personal, five things in your career. Now, I added something else to that, and that was inspired by your book. And that was five things I love about myself in the last 24 ah, hours. So I would, think about, I would think about things I did in the last 24 hours or so some kind words that someone told me, and I would just repeat that to myself very briefly. It only takes about a minute to go through these five things. It might be, it might be gosh, Vishen, I, I, I love that you have such good taste in shirts. Or Vishen, I love the fact that you held that elevator open for that lady and then helped her carry her bags to the office this morning. Or Vishen, I love the fact that you can get on stage and you're so confident and you believe in what you say. Now, it doesn't take much to think about these five things and they can be the smallest things. Often, they are not big successes. They are small things that, small displays of kindness. But I found that adding that five things I love about myself completely shifted me in, in deep, profound ways as well. I love it. That's so, awesome. Those of you practicing the six-phase meditation, you know what to do. Kamal? Any, mm -hmm. any final tips before we end the call? I think, um, you know, one thing I've really learned, uh, I used to work on life from the outside in. I was always, you know, trying to make things work in the outside. And what I've learned is, you know, and I think I may have mentioned this before, life is from the inside out, right? And I think whatever practice one does, the most important thing we can do is actually just nourish ourselves from the inside out, not from the outside in. And that you know, totally changes the outside. It's really that simple. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing for us to remember. So thank you, Kamal. And thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Oh, my pleasure. I'm Vishen Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body, your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.